We're going to go ahead and continue our study on the Godhead. And tonight our topic is the goodness of God. Now, Wayne, I must confess, as I prepared this lesson a few days back, you, you came to mind. Because every time I ask, is God good, what do you say? All the time. And all the time what? God is good. Amen. God is good all the time. Now, I know we say it often, but is that true? Absolutely. It is true. God is good all the time. Now, sort of an introduction tonight before we get into the nuts and bolts of our topic. I want you to remember, I've said this for years, we better nail that down early on in our walk with God. We better get that down in the good times of life. Because if we don't understand that concept that God is good all the time in the good times of life, we will never get it down in the bad times of life. Because there will be difficult days as we walk with God. So yes, God is good all the time. Now Wayne, I hope you don't mind me putting you on the spot tonight, but I, I couldn't help that because all week long as I went over this lesson, I thought about, I know what Wayne would say here, good all the time. Now, the goodness of God is kind of interesting. Without a doubt, <clears throat> it is uh, one of his attributes. But I, I think even more than that, the goodness of God describes his very essence. And because of that, uh, he has to be good. If he's not good, then he's not God. Would you agree? To be God, you have to be good. So by his nature, he's inherently good. God is good all the time. Psalm 34, verse 8. Somebody read that, please. Psalm 34, verse 8. What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah, just taste and see. I've told this story before, but I'm running out of illustrations years ago. Uh, my sister was in town from Texas, and she was cooking broccoli. And I thought, you know, broccoli was right below peas on my list. Peas haven't changed. And she said, I want you to taste this. I said, no, I don't like it. She said, have you ever tasted it? I, I said, no. She said, how do you know you don't like it? So she got me to taste it. Guess what I found out? I, I liked it, Dan. I'm sorry. I liked it. So since that time, if you ask me now, I, I won't say Brock is good all the time, like God is. But the psalmist says, taste and see, and you're going to find out about what? God is good. He is good. And by the way, he blesses anyone who trusts in him. So when we think about the, <clears throat> the Godhead and the attributes of God, the essence of God, his God is a foundation of goodness, and he's a foundation of everything that is good. Now, where did he get his goodness from? Thank you. He doesn't get it from any other source. It's part of his very nature. Now, first of all, <clears throat> and this verse is not part of our text tonight, but you remember the time when <clears throat> the young man uh, came to Jesus and called him good master? What did Jesus say to him? You what now? Yeah, and then he goes on to explain, because there is none good but one. Now, he wasn't denying that he was good. He was saying, do you understand? But the fact of the matter is, if you and I are good, any goodness at all, it doesn't come from us. 
It has to come from God. Because according to Scripture, goodness is not in our character. There is none good, Paul said. No, not one. Psalm 52, verse 1. Of course, we've got two different parts of this verse here. The question is, why do we brag in ourselves? We have nothing to brag about. But how long does God's goodness last? Forever. Eternal. It is eternal. So we, when we think about the goodness of God, uh, it certainly goes along with, if you will, the perfection of his nature. Now, we ask the question often, how holy is God? Holy, holy, holy. He's got perfect holiness. So my question would be, how good is God? <laughs> Amen. Good, good, good. <laughs> All right? Can't get better, 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 because he's already good, good, good. That's exactly how God is. So uh, go to First John 1, 5. Okay, God is light, John says. And in case you didn't get it, there is absolutely no darkness at all in him. Now, please understand, with God's help, we can have some goodness in our life. But does any of us not have any darkness at all? No, only God is that way. So when we think about absolute perfection, when we think about God's nature and his being, his, they are perfect in the absolute. There's nothing missing. There's nothing defective about it. And by the way, what can you add to God? Well, we're talking about his goodness tonight or anything about God. What can you add to God? And we're looking at his goodness to make it better. Nothing. He's already absolutely perfect in his goodness. So would you agree? Now somebody, it's interesting. Uh, People want to know, well, where did God, where did God begin? We don't have the answer to that. God has always been. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, I, I, I share this often time, but J. Vernon McGee, uh, said, somebody asked him that question one time, uh, from John 1, uh, St. John 1, 1, in the beginning was a word, was with God, and the word was God. Well, they asked him, Dr. McGee said, uh, somebody asked him one day, said, well, where's the beginning? He said, where do you want to start? Just pick a date, who was there? God was there. And who was good at that time? God has always been good. So he's originally good. He's good in himself. Uh, nothing else is. But God is good in himself. Now, it doesn't matter who you are. No matter what your lot in life is, the only way we have any good in our lives is through participation and communication from God. Any goodness we have comes from God. So God himself, he's essentially good and not only good, but he is goodness itself. Now think about that. He, he is pure goodness himself. What other creature or creation can we say that about? None. So it's, it certainly supersedes anything we can have or do on our own. So he's eternally, uh, he's immutably, immutably good. He doesn't change. We talked about that some weeks ago. And by the way, uh, will God be less good tomorrow than he was today? No. He doesn't change. He absolutely doesn't change. So will he be 
more good tomorrow? No, it always remains the same. So when we think about God, he, without a doubt, is the highest good. Nothing or no one compares to our God. That's interesting. We Our English word God comes from an Anglo-Saxon word. And the Anglo-Saxon word literally means the good. The good. So without a doubt, God is not only the greatest of all beings, He's the best of all beings. He is good by nature. Now remember, anything else that's good in life, anything, if any person is good, that's been, that's been imparted to us from God our Creator. But where does God's goodness come from? From Himself. Doesn't get it from anyone else or anything else, but it is the essence of God's eternal nature. Let me take a breather for a minute, okay? I think we all agree with what we've taught so far tonight. But do we ever question God's goodness? Say it, Wayne. Yeah, we do, but we shouldn't. <laughs> do you remember the Romans 7 when Paul wrote that? The things he should do, he said, what? I don't do. The things I shouldn't do, I'm doing those things. And I think it's true in our lives. We know that God is good. He is always good. But the problem is when something happens that we don't understand, when things work out different than we had planned or hoped, we sometimes tend to question the goodness of God. But my friend, God is always good in every situation. Now, we know that we talked about God's power a few weeks back. His power is infinite. It always has been from all of eternity. It always will be. And it's interesting, just the same way he's always been all-powerful, he's eternally also been good uh, before uh, he even showed his goodness, before he displayed his goodness. God has always been good. Psalm 119, verse 68. Amen. Now, it's kind of interesting. When we think of the first display of God's goodness, this divine perfection, was the fact that He created. Now, think about that. He created us. And He is good. He does good. And that's why we need to learn His laws, His word. So, God Himself... Uh, is an infinite, uh, inexhaustible treasure of enough blessings to bless who? Everyone. How much? Yeah, it's, in, it, it, it's inexhaustible. We have to understand that. So all that comes from God, all of His decrees, uh, even His creation, His love, uh, God's providence, all of those have to be good. Because God is good. Amen. Our God is good. Genesis chapter 1, verse 31. Six day. Can you, can you picture this in your mind? 
God has finished creation. And he's kind of standing back and he's watching it. Kind of looking at what he's created. And what does God say about everything that he had made? It was very, very, very good. Now I have a question. Can any of us say that about things we have done? It's all been very good. Some may have been good. But we can't make that kind of statement. So here in Genesis chapter 1, we see God's goodness first displayed in creation. And it's interesting, uh, the more, the closer we look at the creation, the more we uh, investigate that, the more of the goodness of God, the Creator, becomes apparent. Folks, our God is a good God. Now, for example, go to Psalm 139, verse 14. Thank you, Dan. Now, again, I think you probably already know this, but of all that God created, do you realize that man was God's crowning glory of creation? No one else was created in the image of God, just mankind. So we, we are the highest, we are the crown of God's creation. And in Psalm 139, it's kind of interesting because we'd have to agree with the psalm. We have every reason to say, to understand that we are fearfully, we are wonderfully made, because truly God's works for our, in our lives are very marvelous. And the psalmist said, I know this to be true. My soul knows it right well. So everything about, now now think about this, folks. And, you know, even scientists are beginning to see some things that they didn't see years ago. But isn't it amazing how the human body works? How it all is synchronized together? All the parts work? wonder why that is. God knew exactly what he was doing. And the psalmist said, when I think about how God put me together, it amazes me. And, of course, everything that God does is good. How many are going to stay up all night tonight? Not you, Marvin. You're not going to stay up all night tonight, Diane? Why not? Paul, what about you? Not all night. No. Now, if you call if you call ten fifteen late, I'll be up late tonight. But have you ever considered the fact that God gave us sleep? Isn't that a gift from God? God has been so good to us. He gave us sleep to refresh our weary bodies. Uh Anybody here, anybody blinking tonight? Are you blinking with your eyelids? I'm glad God gave us eyelids, aren't you? <laughs> what did you say a while ago? He knows what he was doing. He gave us eyelids. Eyebrows for the protection of our eyes. And so God has... You ever, you ever do a project or do something and thought, oh, I didn't think about that? I should have done this? When did God ever say that? 
Never. Because God is completely good. But what's also interesting, God's goodness is not just confined to man, although with the crying glory of his creation, but God is good toward all of his creation. Psalm 145, verse 15 and 16. So he satisfies the desire of every what? Living thing. So God is good to all of his creatures. Now, by the way, there are, there are not enough books in the world to hold everything that could be said about the fact of God's goodness. He is tremendously good. doesn't matter whether it's the birds of the air, the beasts of the forest, the fish of the sea. God made provision to supply their every need. God is good to all of his creation. Psalm 136, verse 25. Who does he give food to, Dan? Everyone and everything, okay? Psalm 33, verse 5. Psalm 33, verse 5. Amen. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Now, it's interesting. We can look around and, and we can see the goodness of God in a variety uh, of different places in nature, uh, which God provides for his creatures. Uh, and it's interesting. Uh, you ever get hungry? And what does God give us to satisfy our hunger? All kinds of good things. Now, I, I gotta say, and Lord, I hope you're not listening, you had a bad day when you made peas. He had an off day, okay? Oh, I should say a bad day. Uh, you don't think so? Okay. Alright. But anyway, yeah. He gives us, and, and of course we've all got different tastes and different things like that. And, uh, boy, I, I tell you, Phyllis, I feel sorry for you. Oh, I, now I'll agree with that one too, okay? But, but anyway, but God satisfies even our fleshly hunger for when it comes to eating food. So uh, he gives us a sense of smell, our sight, our hearing. And so uh, he gratifies our senses, if you will. Uh, and that also reveals the goodness of God. Folks, God is good in every way, and he's good to all people. <laughs> I, uh, he's in heaven now, but one of my neighbors years ago, and uh, he told me one day, you know, God liked variety. He said if he made everything, everything in the world the same color, it'd be a boring world. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, you want to have a fun day, just watch people sometime, right? All kinds, all, all sizes, all shapes, different ways they do. But, but God gave us a variety. And again, showing uh, his goodness to us. Uh, you know, he gave us good, you know, beautiful flowers uh, to look at. Uh, perfumes, just, you know, sweet smelling perfumes, if you will. Uh, we can, you know, when things are right, uh, and I, I don't know what's happened to me over the last 20 years, I don't hear the birds as good as I used to, but, you know, we hear the birds, and, you know, out in the spring or whatever they're doing out there. And, and so all of this, God's goodness is sort of shared across this world in everything that He created. But it's also interesting. 
You know the story in Genesis. God created all those things, and we just read in Genesis 1, everything that God created was what? Was good. And did that include Adam? Yes. Okay? And it included Eve when God created Eve as well. It was all good. But what did Adam and Eve do almost right away? Do what? They sinned. Yeah, exactly. They broke the command of God. Now remember, we talk about God's goodness. And I've often thought, if I'd have been God, which I'm not, and I'm glad I'm not, I probably would have said, okay, you guys have had it, zap you, I'll start over. But I think God's goodness was also on display that when Adam and Eve sinned, he didn't just pour out wrath all at once on them. Now, certainly their sin cost them. Now, remember, God could have taken away everything they had. He could have deprived them of every blessing, of every comfort, of every pleasure, every pleasure that they, they could have taken all of that away from them. And yet, as we read the story, God brought in a time of mercy and judgment. And I want to tell you something, folks. We'll be thankful that God shows mercy even in the midst of judgment. And that's the kind of God we see. James chapter 2, verse 13. Okay, let me kind of give you some background to the uh, context of James 2.13. Uh, believe it or not, there were some in the church that weren't showing mercy. Can you imagine that? Now, by the way, of all people, who should be merciful? God's people. Why? Because God's been so merciful to us. And James is admonishing the church, and look, there's some of you not showing mercy. And he says, now look. You're going to have judgment without mercy because you didn't show mercy. And then he makes that statement in the last part of verse 13. Mercy rejoices against judgment. Now, my question would be, who deserves God's judgment? Who? All of us do. Every one of us. Now, keep in mind. My prayer is that we're all striving to be obedient to God, to obey Him in every area of our life, but who is 100% successful at that? None of us are. None of us are worthy of that. But it's interesting. James says that mercy, and the idea is that it rejoice against judgment, it overcomes Judgment. That's exactly what it means. So when we think about uh, any merciful action we can have, that's clearly an evidence that we are related to it with Christ. We had that relationship. But it's also that same relationship with Christ that vindicates us. So when we stand before God, understand 
We know we deserve judgment. But thank God, we also understand we are depending on God to show us mercy. And how many are glad that he does? Mercy triumphs judgment. Because of God's character, because he is good, God's mercy will indeed triumph over judgment. Now, make no mistake about it, folks. God never delights in judging people. Never. And that's because God is good. And because God is good, his mercy triumphs over judgment. Now, remember, remember, we are surrounded by evil in our world. We are living, if you will, in our fallen state. But thank God his mercy prevails in our life. Does God know how we are? Sure he does. He knows everything about us. And so we have to understand, um, when we think about how good God has been to us. Now think about your life for a moment, okay? You ever have any bad days? Sure. You ever have bad times? Now, uh, it's not, it's not our verse tonight, in our text tonight, but <clears throat> Job said man's days are few and full of trouble. I don't, you know, that was Job's own perspective. I don't necessarily agree with that. Now, I know where Job's coming from. I've never experienced what he experienced. But are our days that we live on this earth, are they only filled with trouble? What, Wayne? Why would you say that? Amen. Yeah. Now, unless I miss my guess, and there are always exceptions, I understand that. Most people have more good days than they have bad days. Well, that's true. That's true. But, yeah. But we need to understand that, folks. We need to understand that. But it's also interesting how God's designed us because of his goodness. I was watching a video clip yesterday. <laughs> Paul, you like this, on how to change my belt on my lawnmower. Thank God for Google. Amen. But this guy is called the one-handed mechanic. You know why? Sort of got one hand. And I found out he was born that way. Now, I, I don't, I'm not joyful and I don't mean that. But you know what he did? He adapted. And God has made us that way. Now, I'm sure he would rather have both hands, but he couldn't do anything about that. So God has made us pliable, if you will, that we can adapt to different things. And and so another evidence of God's goodness, we can adapt to our circumstances. And God has given us, for the most part, the desire and the ability to make the most of whatever situation we're in. To me, another evidence of God's goodness. 
Now, I, I will say one of the problems I have witnessed in my dad, because like a lot of people, you know, they would say, well, if you say that God is good, then what's your question? Do what? Yeah, why do bad things happen? Well, bad things happen because of sin. That's the answer, but when you're a sinner, you don't want to hear that. Amen? We'd rather blame God for that. But it's our fault. <clears throat> but the bottom line is the fact that God gives us those good times and the ability to make the best of our situation. And so we have to realize, even though many people ask that question, if God is good, then why do bad things happen? Why did that person have to go through this? And we've seen things like that in even our own lives. But we have to understand even when things are not good as, as far as our circumstances, we have no right to justly call God's goodness into question. Because God is indeed good all the time, even though there is suffering and sorrow in our world. Uh, Romans chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. Thank you, Jordan. Uh, oh, we just read it pretty quick there, and I know, Jordan, you didn't have a chance to think about it like I did. Um, any thoughts on that verse, what's it saying to us? Anybody at all? What's our biggest problem? Is it God? Say it again. It's ourself. And, and so if, if, if we sin against the goodness of God, to Paul saying, if we despise the riches of God's goodness, the bottom line, should we blame God? Who's to blame? We are. It's our own fault. Now, Paul reminds us, hey, you can butt heads with God if you want to. You can despise his goodness if you want to. But please understand, God would not be good if he didn't punish those who were not grateful for his blessings. God would not be a good God. If he did not punish those who abused his goodness. If he didn't punish those who would walk on his mercies as though they didn't happen. Now, No matter how many people would say, well, if God was good, it wouldn't be an evil world. Will that lessen God's goodness? No. In fact, it simply doesn't affect God's goodness. So, it's interesting. There's going to come a time. When God will, in fact, rid our earth of those who have broken his laws, those who turn up their nose at his authority, those who reject those who proclaim the word of God, those who scorn the Son of God, God is going to hold them into account. Go to Galatians 4, verse 4 and 5. Under the law, that we might 
I thank you, Dan. <clears throat> Again, another letter written by the Apostle Paul. And what a tre- tremendous statement that he says there. Now, let me again remind you, uh, this is under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, uh, God used Paul without a doubt, but these words were God-breathed, breathed out by God. And so when you think of God's goodness, it was never on display as great as it was as when he sent his son into our world. That, my friend, gives us, if you will, the extravagance of God's goodness. And the reason I say that is, and Paul tells us in Galatians 4, 4 and 5, why did God send his son to this world? To do what? Say it again. To redeem us. <laughs> and i got to tell you something, folks. I think about myself. I can't speak about anybody but myself. I've often thought to myself, Lord, I'm not worth that. But what did God say? He said, yes, you are. That's why I sent my son. And to me, that's the highest display of God's goodness of all eternity. He sent his son to redeem all of those, all of those who were under the law that we could be adopted into the family of God. Wow. Now, I realize it's not Christmas time, and uh, at least the time of year we celebrate that. But I want to tell you, folks, that was such a, an extravagant thing when God, in the fullness of time, sent his son, go to Luke, 20, Luke 2, verse 14, and notice what the angel said about that. So when the birth of Christ child happened, what did the angels do? They rejoiced. Because of this unusual, extravagant display of the love of God. And in Titus chapter 2, verse 11, tells us why. Look what it says. Galatians 2, 11. I'm sorry, Titus. I'm sorry, Phyllis, that's my fault. Titus 2, 11. Here to who? All men. The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. How many are glad for that? Is that not an expression of God's love? The greatest expression of God's love appeared to all men. Not part of our text tonight, but in John 13, is when the disciples gathered for the Last Supper, Jesus washed their feet, and John introduces the chapter talking about the twelve being gathered together there, and the Bible said Jesus loved them till the end. doesn't change. God is good. So without a doubt, the gospel is the grace, is a gospel of grace. It's a gospel of goodness that brings his salvation for everyone, whosoever will. Now remember... We absolutely have no right, biblically, to call God's goodness, to call God's kindness into question because he uh, allows 
sin in our world. But remember, God, Jesus came to seek and save who? Those who were lost. He sent his son to redeem them. We have no reason to doubt God's goodness. Go to Matthew 20, verse 15. Now, by the way, whenever anybody who wants to challenge the fact that God's not good, or say they, they try to say, well, God, God can't be good, or, or this or that wouldn't happen, go to Matthew 20, verse 15. Now think about this. Now you know the parable here, right? Uh, uh, a group of men were hired early in the morning. And as the day went on, he realized he didn't have enough help. So just about every hour of the day, he hired somebody new. Even up to the last hour. And so at the end of the day, uh, they lined up. It was payday. And what did they expect? Why? They work longer. But what did they find out? Everybody got paid the same. Now, all of a sudden, this guy's a bad guy, right? But remember, they agreed to do what? To work for that amount. So now, they're upset. They don't like what they see. And again, this parable is certainly... He's speaking about God. His question is, is it not lawful for me to do what I want with my own stuff? Is that a rhetorical question? What's the answer? Yes, it is. I can do what I please. Now, keep in mind. Could you imagine being the one who came in the 11th hour? And... You look at that paycheck, and you compare it to the guy who started in the first the first of the day, and what's the difference in the two paychecks? Nothing. That person, I think, would say, "Hey, he's been good to me." But the one who started the first hour would say, "No." Yeah, there you go. And so the question is this: because your eye is not what it should be. Because of your mindset. Yeah. Does that mean? Is your eye doing, thinking bad things, saying bad things, just because I am good? And folks, that's what's going on in our world today. Remember, God is good when? All the time and in every situation. Psalm 107, verses 8 and 9. Amen. Thank you, Phyllis. This ought to be our prayer. It ought to be our prayer that mankind would praise God for all of his goodness. Praise God for all the things he does for us. Praise God for satisfying the deepest longing of our soul. And we have to understand, folks, that gratitude is simply the return from justly required 
from those who receive his generosity. Folks, as Christians, we ought to be the most thankful people on earth. Because God has been so good to us. But the problem is, the psalmist said, oh, that we would praise God for his goodness. And I think a lot of times we hold back. And one of the reasons I think in my own life, God's goodness is so constant, I tend to take it for granted. My friend, we are honored. We are blessed every day because God is good. And here's the thing. Would you agree we can experience God's goodness every day? Sure we can. And we tend to take that for granted. We read a few minutes ago in Romans 2 verse 4 where Paul asked the question, are you going to despise the riches of God's goodness? And the fact of the matter is, his goodness is despised, but we don't see it uh, as a way uh, that God is good to us, that it might bring us to repentance. And we have to understand, that's what God wants us to do. Now also understand this. The problem with those who are lost, a lot of times, they will take God's goodness and say, well, that means, and since God hasn't done anything about it, uh, God is going to overlook my sin. Is that right? No, it's simply not right. So when we think about the goodness of God, it's, it's the life of our, of our trust every day. We trust God because God is good. And it's this goodness of God that I think has the, the, the strongest appeal to our hearts. Because God is good, it draws us to him. Now, remember, we read a moment ago, his goodness endures forever. So let me tell you something, folks. When Satan throws those fiery darts, when he had those bad times or bad days in life, remember, God is good all the time, and we should not stay discouraged. Nahum 1, verse 7. Amen. Guess who he knows? If you're trusting in God, he knows you. And we know he knows everybody. But this is an intimate knowledge. God knows what you're going through. Trust in him. So whenever people do us wrong, I would listen to Chuck Swindoll today for a little while. I didn't hear the whole thing. Uh, but he said, if you've got that bumper sticker in your car that says, I don't get mad, I get even, he said, tear it off. And throw it away. He said, better yet, remove the attitude from your life. That's not what God wants us to do. Because God is good to us. And even when people treat us badly, it ought to encourage us to give more thanks to God. Because no matter what goes on in our world, no matter how bad it may get, folks, our God is still good. He's forever the same. God is good. So real quick, we're talking about the goodness of God. What does it do? What does God's goodness do? Now remember, we read a few minutes ago in Genesis 1.31 when God saw everything he made, and it was very good. Now is that true? Yes, it was very good. So again, we can look around in creation, and we have clear evidence 
of God's accomplishments, and we know they are good. Now, how many of us deserve God's goodness? None of us do. No. Can we earn it? No. Can't buy it. But it's interesting. Even though we can't earn it, even though we don't merit His goodness, do you realize He makes that available to us even though we are not worthy of it? Matthew five forty-five. What's he do, Dan? Yeah, amen. Jeremy mentioned Jonah Sunday morning. What was Jonah wanting? He wanted him to be zapped. But God's good to all people. He is good to all people. Psalm 145, verse 9. Amen. How many know that God's goodness is personal? Every once in a while we'll sing the lyrics of that chorus. It says, God is so good. He's so good to who? To me. God is so good to me. And you know why we can sing that chorus? Because God truly is good to each one of us personally. Personally. He's good to us in ways that meet our individual needs. And he gives us some benefits. One thing he gives us, he's the perfect model of goodness. Psalm 119, verse 68. We read that a moment ago, but that ought to be our prayer. By knowing God, learning his goodness, we can come to recognize true goodness, and we can strive to live our lives doing good things. And we can look to God because God is our perfect model. Look to God to teach us about His goodness and look to God to teach us how to do good things. How many need help in doing that? Amen. James one seventeen. James 1, verse 17. Where do good gifts come from? From God. Now remember, good things might always show up as happy experiences. Sometimes they're disguised as hardship. Sometimes as adversity. But folks, God can even use the difficult times of our life for good. You know the verse, Romans 8, 28. Okay, Phyllis, I know you read it. We've all read that verse. How many believe that verse? Why? Yeah, God said it. We have to believe that verse. Because God said it. So God gave us a good good model to follow himself. But also it offers us security 
an encouragement. Now remember, we read a moment ago in Psalm 52, verse 1, the goodness of God endures continually. So my question is, when will God be good? Thank you, Wayne. He will always be good. His character doesn't change. He'll continue to be the creator of all things. And we can be confident God is always going to provide good things for us according to his perfect plan. But also his goodness draws us to God. And Paul speaks about that. Uh, God's, uh, the fact that God draws us to him. And again, when God sent his son Jesus Christ and sacrificed him, the bottom line was he did that for our salvation. God's goodness draws us to him. And because of his goodness, well, let me ask you a question. Who has the opportunity to come to know Christ? Everyone. And that's all because of God's goodness. So how do we wrap it up? Well, I think first of all, we've got to remember this. God's goodness is the core of our Christian faith. He is good and he's good all the time. Because the bottom line is, because his desire for our good is exactly what produced the salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. And never forget this. Everything God does is for our good and for his glory. And we see it all around us every day in our lives. God is truly good. Now remember, we can have goodness in us, even desire to do good. But true goodness comes only from the one who is perfectly good and wants good things for all people. Our prayer would be, Lord, help me to show that kind of goodness to all of those I come in contact with every day. So our conclusion is simply this. We could have, we could have went home early. God is good when? All the time. He never, ever changes. Amen. All right.